0: And belly on up to the 9-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris Lanuti. I'm one of your neighbors here in Evergreen bringing you 30 Minutes of Good, which is the EP podcast. It's all done from right here in my basement. We've been doing it for four years now. And this episode's pretty solid. I have the brand new principal of Central Middle School right here in Evergreen Park on this show, sitting here with me. There's also this really cool event going on all month long just outside of the EP along Western Avenue. It involves our friends over at Americano's. We checked out their restaurant on the last episode. It's on demand. You can check it out now if you haven't already. Our good friends over at Cork and Carrie are part of it. They're a part of Socks in the Basement, another podcast that's recorded at this bar. If you have ever listened to Southside Pod, you've heard me talk with Horse Thief Hollow. They're involved in this event. Our good friend John Brand over at Open Outcry is going to tell us all about it. It has to do with margaritas. If you like margaritas, you're going to want to know about this thing. This entire episode brought to you by the First National Bank of Evergreen Park. You need a bank you can rely on, one that knows your community and provides customized accounts and offers just for you. Count on the First National Bank of Evergreen Park. Located in that iconic building at 95th and Pulaski, they're a locally-based community bank committed to the people and businesses right here in the EP. And now, when you open up a total access checking account, you get a $300 bonus. Open an account today at bankevergreenpark.com slash totalaccess slash EP. $100 required to open. Requirements to qualify. Must use link to apply. Member FDIC. Sitting down here at the 9-Foot Homemade Oak Bar, we have a guest that is new to Evergreen Park. He has a role that will interest an awful lot of parents and also students. The brand new principal at Central Middle School, Joe Zampillo, is sitting down here. How are you? Um, well, Chris, thanks for having me this, I, today. I, I should have called you doctor, too. Oh, all of you okay. are doctors. Dr. Jenna Woodland, Dr. Jose Ampillo. You're all doctors. These are, these are all educational degrees, right? right. Yes, they are. All right. Yes, no they CPR are. here at the bar, right?
1: Although when I did get my doctorate degree at the school where I previously worked, the students were very worried because they really liked the school nurse and they thought that when I they found out I became a doctor, they thought she was losing her job. So we had to reassure a lot of students that that was not the case. <laughs> so, so it is good to clarify that, especially for the student with the students.
0: You live in I want to say in Oak Lawn is what you told me beforehand. You've you've lived around the south suburbs, and this is your first trek into Evergreen Park into their school system. Where were you at before?
1: For the previous fifteen years, I was in Worth School District One Twenty Seven. Served there as an elementary school principal for four years, and then I was the principal at Worst Junior High School for 15 years. Um, Before that, I served as an assistant principal at another central middle school located in Tinley, Tinley Park School District 146. And I was a dean of students for three years prior to that at a place called Old Orchard Junior High up in Skokie. And then I I worked in the Catholic schools for the first seven years of my career. I was a social studies teacher, a very small school called St. Joseph's that's on 48th and Hermitage that has since closed down. And then I was a director of recruiting and admissions at both St. Benedict's High School in the North Side and at De La Salle uh, in the Chicago Catholic League for uh, for a number of years. You so, have uh, a lot of experience. Yes, I do. Not yes,
0: not I only do. in the teaching profession, but a lot of administrative and a lot of principaling.
1: I guess is what I would. Say.
0: Even though I know that's not a word, I don't want to be corrected. But I mean, like it seems <laughs> like you've done this before. And so there's some experience coming in here to Central. Is that safe to say? Very safe to say, yes. Dr. Jenna Woodland was just on here a couple of weeks ago on the EP podcast. And, uh, you know, she's a superintendent. She's been here now for a couple of years. She, I think she joined in the middle of the dark times when it comes to education because the pandemic's going on. And she's dealing with pushing and pulling and people that are all worried about how things are going in the school and their kids and what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing. And she was mentioning to me that she's just so happy that she gets to have like a normal year. And that's, that's what this the, the goal here is, is to bring that back and do that. You're showing up at a school that even though you weren't at this school, I'm sure the kids have all gone through similar things. I know my teenagers are just a little off. Right, I mean, I've had a lot of teachers tell me some of these kids are behind maturity level wise. Okay, and it affected all of them in different ways. What, what do you bring in the Central, and how do you kind of approach this school year? Just saying, "Hey, I want to be positive, and I want it's full speed ahead. and We don't want to think about that, but you kind of have to keep it in the back of your mind because it still might be affecting your kids."
1: Yeah, and the, the thing that we all have to keep in mind, and we and it did, and it wasn't just Central; it was everywhere. You know, I talked to administrators all over the area, all over the state, and a lot of the the struggles that Central was having last year, the similar struggles that school districts were having everywhere, you know, it just at a different level. Like Dr. Woodland had at one level as a superintendent and we had challenges and it really comes down to this. And a teacher coined this that I was working with last year, said kids had to learn to do school again. And that was the biggest challenge is that they had to learn to do school again which involve learning how to follow a schedule, learning how to interact with each other in the hallways, interact with their teachers, interact with each other in classrooms, et cetera. You know, and there's a structure and there's a routine that for pretty much a year and a half, a lot of them didn't have to follow because they were doing school from their bedrooms in their pajamas with their cell phones next to them the entire time through a screen. Um, really what's what's gonna be key, and we're not done yet. There, There's still a lot of work to do not just academically, but helping kids social emotionally—I want I, to say—recover or move, move, you know, keep moving forward. Um, it's about connecting with our kids in a positive way. It's about developing the relationships with them, connecting with them, and making sure that we make school a positive place for all of them—a place where they can feel safe, where they can be welcomed, et cetera. Um, that's going to be the key. I mean, there's all there's all the academic stuff that we need to do as well to kind of help them catch up. And that's important. And we have to be creative and we have to be progressive and we have to keep that in mind that kids have changed and we have to make adjustments as well. But we also have to make sure school is just a fun, safe, welcoming place for them and their families. That is the key. And that's and, and we're able to do that by having a normal school year. We're able to get you know, move in that direction because we lost that for a good year and a half, two years. So
0: I mentioned this to Dr. Woodland, and and I'm curious what your take is on it because I'm sure you've kind of been told, okay, this is the state of the school. This is what we're looking for. I'm sure when you went through your interview and then when you were hired, she sat there and gave you marching orders like any boss <laughs> would give somebody, right? I mean, you're, you're the boss in the school, but you've got one too, okay? And so you kind of have a picture and you're kind of learning your personnel and learning the good and the bad and everything like that. Uh, what I mentioned to her when she was on here a couple of weeks ago is that I've I've had kids at Southwest, Redeemer, uh, Brother Rice, Mother McAuley. I went through the process where we looked at the at the high school. It was not because there was something wrong with the high school. The kids made their like my daughter made her choice because she wanted to be in an all-girls school. She basically told me she was sick of boys. <laughs> and that she didn't she didn't like the drama of girls and boys in the eighth grade and she wanted to be away from them. And I was like, well, I don't know if Evergreen can, uh, can get you then. There's only one school that's got all girls in it. So that's that's kind of why she decided to go where she was going. But anyway, I've kind of sampled most of the schools. I never had a kid in Central. Mm-hmm. Whenever I talk about the schools I've talked about on the show, I've talked about it in groups of people. We've put people up. I've had some central classrooms that have been on the show. Wonderful kids, very well-spoken in the 7th and 8th grade who come on and do amazing things and talk about their projects on the EP podcast. But whenever I talk about how all the schools are great, the public and the private ones in Evergreen Park and how lucky we are, I will get from time to time, and it's really only Central, yeah, but Central. Like There there is a perception. There were kids that were in my son's 8th grade class that just left Redeemer as he heads off to Brother Rice this year, who joined after being in the other schools in evergreen park they either skipped central altogether and joined the private school in the sixth grade which is a weird time to join you would think they'd want them in there for like their first communion if it was really that important or they left and joined in the seventh grade so what what do you see as the perception what is the what is the issue that you see you have to attack at central
1: to be honest and transparent uh you know in conversations that i've had through the interview process um, you know conversations I've had with some parents that I know in the community already, the perception is that there's a discipline issue um, which creates an unsafe environment. And that's very big. I mean, that's what people feel that an environment is unsafe, especially for children. That is what's going to drive that perception. And right, and what do we know? Perception becomes reality. Um, and so I know that that's something that we need to address. I can tell you, we have an excellent group of teachers. I've, started, I've been talking to a lot of teachers as I've been starting to get to know the place. They love kids, and I've heard it across the board. You, you do an onboarding process, like a listening tour. You talk to different teachers and different um, parents, and what do you, you start hearing common themes. And the common themes I've already heard, great group of students at Central. And you've even acknowledged that. I'm telling you.
0: Wonderful well group of ready. students yes. at
1: Central. Um, so I'm excited to really get to know them because I really haven't had a chance to yet. Great staff that love kids and then love working together and are committed and dedicated to doing what they need to do to make school a good place. That We can work with that and we can really make things, we can move forward in a very positive way to address that perception. And one of the things, one of the goals or strategies, we have to sell our story because there's a lot of good stories that I already know about at Central. That's what social media is for. That's, that's getting out there and making sure that anything that's going on in our school that is good, that the community knows about it and they know about it right away. And I think that's going to be one of our strategies and one of the things that we do, connecting with the parent community. That's a little bit of a perception that I've heard too, is that the parents feel disconnected in some ways. Like I'm hearing we have a great group of parents in this community. I know there's a great, excellent group of parents in this community. We need to connect with them more proactively. There needs to be more of those two-way interactions and connections and, and there's ways to do it you know, that go beyond just the back to school nights, which are the normal things. So one example, we're gonna be looking to see if we can do a little bit more with our sixth grade orientation in the near future in order to bring in parents uh, and connect with the school in ways that they haven't had a chance to do so before. And that's just one example. We have to sit down and work with our building leadership team to come up with ideas and strategies and how we can do that. So. I, I think that answered your question. No, I, I think, it did, it, I think yeah, it did a very I, good job. I, I, yeah, answering I wanted to the answer question. the question, but I also tell you that we already have some strategies and planning in place that we're going to start, you know, that we're looking to do to address that. Selling the story, I t- yeah, we tell people all the time you have to sell your school's story because if you don't, somebody will sell it for you. They will tell it. You got to tell your school's story or other people will tell it for you, especially in the day and age that we live in where there's a lot of negative perceptions about public schools. So it's very important to do that.
0: And we're sitting here with Dr. Joe Zampillo, the new principal at Central Middle School right here in the EP. Coming up, we're going to talk with our good friend John Brand about a big margarita event going on all month long along Western Avenue that will include the home of the Cadillac Margarita Americanos. All premium, fresh, squeezed ingredients in that margarita, and that is the best Mexican American food you can find in the area. It's just outside of Evergreen Park at 111th and Western. I love the empanadas. I'm also a big fan of the pork belly taco. We learned about that last week. But they do a wide array of cuisine. Sure, you can get a torta or a taco, you can also get a skirt steak. The enchilada dinner is spectacular. They have a big, beautiful bar, extensive collection of tequilas, whiskeys, beers, and wine. Stop in for lunch, date night, or bring the whole family anytime. See everything they have to offer. Check out the catering options, americanosrestaurant.com, or get in there today, 11060 Southwestern Avenue. You talked about discipline problems. So this would be the follow-up question, I think, for that. Has the world changed so much that it makes it harder for you to to keep control in the classroom or to 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 deal with discipline issues. Because here's the thing, when I when I went to Brother Rice, I, I remember one time I'm walking through the hallway and somebody knocked some kid's books out of the out of his hands. And the Irish Christian brother grabbed that guy by the nape of his neck, pinned him up against the locker, chewed him out, made him pick up everything. The guy did three Saturdays. He was yelling at him. I mean, it was vicious. It was quick. And it was over. Right. Right. I mean, a different kind of school, private school. Right. And it was a different era. Right. But but you didn't see like some of the things that I see on YouTube about kids that are inside of classrooms. And I'm even saying that that Central has things that are that serious. But I think that there's also perception that's starting to, to leak out to people, whether it's true or not. That in public schools, the teachers don't have as much control because now it's almost as if you're in fear that you might get recorded yelling at a student on a phone or that the parents will instantly take the kid's side. Where back in my day, if I did something wrong, it, it, even if I was right, if the teacher complained, I was in the wrong right away with my parents. Sure. Because why would that teacher even
1: call? Right. As thing, have things changed? Does that make your job harder? I wouldn't say harder. The world has changed. And, and it was changing prior to the pandemic. The pandemic accelerated um, a lot of things. I wouldn't say harder. It just it just requires different solutions. It requires different approaches as it comes to creating a good, positive school environment. And I will tell you, to be honest with you, I, I, when we say change, I think it's changed in some ways for the better. And I know a lot of people would disagree with me on that. Um, but I'm going to give you an example that maybe you can relate to, maybe uh, that you might be able to relate to. Think about the sports world for a minute. Yes. You know, and you're big into the sports world. I'm looking and I'm looking around the basement, and has it not changed how a manager can effectively interact with you know uh, with players on their teams, whether it be baseball, football, basketball?
0: That has changed, and also how they're keeping track of things like concussions and yes. You know, there's no more rub some dirt on it because we don't want right. to we don't want to ruin a 14 year old kid now. Right. Yes, that is better.
1: And, and and very similar kind of an analogy, we we are using more data now and need to use more data to make decisions on how to best meet the needs of our kids whether it be academic needs or discipline needs. So you bring up the example of the Christian brother who did what he did to correct, that's not You the could city. never do that again. Well, and it, it, it doesn't <laughs> work, right? You could say, yeah, somebody, some people tell you it worked, but in a day and age, that's not what's going to work. It's going to be the relationship building. It's going to be connecting with students. It's going to be problem solving with students. It's going to be utilizing data to determine what can we do as a school community to make this a better environment, the best environment for our students so yes, that piece of it change, and and as you just said, I think it does make it better because now we're not just rubbing dirt on a wound and thinking it's going to be okay. We're actually problem solving. It's the same thing academically. Um, kids have changed. I mean, their world is so much different, so much more complex um, than the world you and I grew up. They're exposed to more. They're exposed. It, it, to so I sound much like
0: more. I I sound like an old man and like an old fogey, and the old man yells at a cloud. But you know, back in my day. I think we were slightly more innocent at the age group that you're dealing with right now, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, if I'm not mistaken, in Central. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and that because they can go online – especially with that little handheld computer that we've given them. And as many times as you say, well, I've got all these blocking features. They've already figured out how to get around that. Okay. Right. I mean, they, they already know what, when oh, I yeah. told my kids, no oh, TikTok, yeah. all they did yeah. was go in, all they did was just start getting TikTok shared with them by their friends, right? I mean, like there's a million ways to get around things, things that I don't even know about. And so they are exposed, I think, quicker to so some of the ugly parts of the world. Oh, yeah. And that might be
1: shaping them as well. It's stressing them. I mean, I have my own children. It's creating a lot more stress. They're exposed to so much more than what they're actually ready to be exposed to. But they're, it's there and it's not going away. So you see a lot of stress with students. And that's why it impacts a lot of things in terms of that they do and how they respond to things. And that's why it's imperative that we as educators really work to make the environment that they come to in school as positive, as nurturing, as a place as possible to connect with them. They want to connect. They're still fun, okay? They, that innocence is still there, and there's still kids are still a lot of fun. I love middle school kids. I wouldn't be doing this as long as I did if I didn't love them. They're uh, they're still a lot of fun. It just requires you know new approaches, um, and it's always changing. And we have to be open minded to different ways to connect with them. Obviously, you still got to connect them in a positive way, constructive way, appropriate, all that stuff. But it does require uh, more creative, I want to say creative, ways to ensure that students have the best possible learning environment, best possible social environment in a school setting. Um, and, it, and the interesting thing is when you can get there, when you can, it does make school a great place. It makes it a fun place. It doesn't mean it's pre- no school's ever going to be perfect. Kids are kids, right? They're going to make decisions. They're going to make choices that are going to cause trouble, whatever it might be. But if we make it a positive, constructive, problem-solving environment, it can make it could still be a place where they can learn, they can grow, and they can have fun. It just requires a whole, just a whole, all kinds of, you just have to have an open mind to all kinds of different things in order to be able to do it. And honestly, like you said, I, I, I think it does make it better. You know, the, the world is more complex, but it's also, there's greater opportunities now for our kids. We just got to help them get there and come up with the creative ways and you know, that we need to in order to make sure they get there successfully.
0: Dr. Joe Pillow is the new principal at Central Middle School. Before I let you go, do you ever find yourself emulating a principal that you had when you were a kid? Like I always think back to when, well, he was a vice principal at the time, but eventually became principal over Brother Rice, Jim Antos. And he used to walk through the hallways and take out the scuff marks as he looked in the classroom at everybody. He, that's like how he would do. He patrolled the hallway and then he'd see a scuff mark and he'd take his shoe and he'd kind of get that out of the floor and he'd look in on the classroom and you'd see him out there and he'd see you and then he'd move on. I'm like, if I were a principal, I would do that. Like he, it, it was like his excuse to check in on everything that was going on. Did you pick up anything that you said when I, when you became principal, you're like, I'm going to be like this.
1: Yeah. Being out there and being visible that's how you connect with your school community. And so now as, you th- as I think about it, actually, you just asked me a question I never had to think about before. <laughs> so thank you for that. Here we because go. Because now I'm going to tell you about my high school principal who made a difference in my life. I struggled my first year of high school. Um, uh, although I'm in public schools, and I love public schools. I went to a private uh, Catholic high school. I went to Marion Catholic High School out in Chicago Heights. I almost flunked out my freshman year. You know, and I told the story when I interviewed. I was that kid who struggled academically, social, emotionally. Um, when I was put on academic probation, it devastated me. And then, what, But once I decided to dedicate myself to turning it around, teachers rallied around me, they helped me. I had an excellent second half of the year. It was the principal who delivered the report card to me personally to tell me um, how, much, how impressed she was. And she said, I had never seen a turnaround like this in my entire career. Um, it was sister Judith Ann and she brought it to me and that stuck with me. I, like when she walked in, Chris, I was terrified. I'm like, Oh, she's coming in and tell me I'm done. I'm going home. <laughs> You're done. Don't come back here. She can't. And he had, she didn't have to do that. Yeah. She could have just sent the letter home or I could have just got her to report. Her. She came up. And now as I think about it, yeah, that's the type of principle. I want to connect with kids. I want to celebrate with them when they're doing something well. And I don't want to be the person that just does it from a distance. I want to connect with them because that's how you can make, you know, a difference.
0: Awesome. Dr. Joe Pillow, nice enough to sit down here with us. Uh, I wish you luck. I Thank hope, you, Chris. I hope that it goes well for you and you get to do everything that you want to do over there. And I don't hear any more butt centrals in a year or so because you you've you've established it sounds like you have a plan and i'm looking forward to seeing how it goes
1: well thank you chris and i'd love to come back here so uh, at some time and kind of keep you updated on how things are going so feel feel free to invite me don't threaten
0: me with access (laughs) to the principal of central you'll be (laughs) on here all the time thank you so much
1: all right thank you chris
0: so i'm up at the uh, lake cottage this weekend Uh, my parents have one all the kids get up there the the nieces, the nephews, we every once in a while get away for a weekend. One weekend up there playing a game of wiffle ball, my father blew out both of his batular tendons. Basically, his knees just went out on him. It was a terrible scene. We had to take him to the hospital, take like an hour and a half break from our partying. Then we went back to the boat and left him there. But eventually... He needed a special bed. He needed an easier way to get up and down the stairs. He wasn't very mobile. And even now that he's basically recovered, every once in a while, he gets a flare-up like he did this past weekend. From the big medical equipment to the little things, all of it is available at Hyatt Home Medical Equipment right here in the EP. Whether or not you need a CPAP machine or diabetes control or you need a ramp outside the house, or a chairlift, or a retrofit for the bathtub. They do it all, and they work with your insurance to make sure you get every dollar off possible. Plus, if you mention the EP podcast, you get an additional discount. Take a look at all they do at their website, hhme.com, or stop in in person and say hi, 3518 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park. Let's step slightly outside of the EP for a margarita event and more with our good friend, John Brand at Open Outcry. A
2: pitcher of beer, a pitcher of beer, let's order another pitcher of beer. That pitcher of beer should come.
0: I'm out at Open Outcry, I got John Brand here. We're eating cheese curds and have that hint of garlic that I enjoy, we're having a couple of beers at Open Outcry Brewing at 109th and Western. How are you, buddy? Chris, what's going on? You have a margarita that you keep here, a house margarita on keg, so it actually taps in the, in the room here at Open Outcry, and that works out perfectly for what's going on up and down Western Avenue this week, tell me about it. This is, I think, the
3: second or third year that the Morgan Park Beverly Hills Business Association is sponsoring the Western Avenue Margarita Mile. It runs from August 1st through September 5th, and it's a craft margarita crawl on Western Avenue. It's for the entire month of August, first week of September. You get a passport, you go to each bar and restaurant on Western Avenue, you get your passport stamped, and then once you get them all stamped, you redeem, you'll submit your passport, And then you're entered into a competition to win money uh the morgan park beverly business association puts has put this on the last couple years and it's been a lot of fun the participating bars breweries and restaurants are cork and carry open outcry francanello's ken's nikki's horse thief barney's and americanos it's a fun time and it does drive a lot of traffic Uh, you get passport at any one of those locations or you can call up Carolyn Connors at the Morgan Park Beverly Business Association and she can get you some as well.
0: So it's a month. I For some reason I heard first to fifth and I thought it was just like five days. This is going on for over a month. August 1st through September 5th. There you go, because August and September are different months. Yeah. You can tell I've had a couple of beers here today. <laughs> and a few cheese curds. We're shoveling cheese curds in our mouth. I know, they're so good. I mean, the fact that you have the garlic in the curds I think is what makes them good, right? I mean, like, cheese curds kind of became a thing I don't remember them being a thing when I was younger. They're a thing now in this generation, but you guys have that twist on them where you put the garlic in them. and I like that.
3: I don't know if this I think your, I think your listeners would appreciate this, but it's also the the what we use in the fryer. We use one hundred percent beef tallow for our curds and our fries, and uh, that makes a significant difference. Now, to the vegetarians out there, I apologize. Uh, you should know that we do our fries and our curds in beef tallow, but that beef tallow is really what makes the difference between great fries and good fries and great curds and good curds.
0: So I walk into this place and I'm talking to Marshall, one of your two longtime employees. Uh, Marshall and Lindsay, if you've ever been in Open Outcry, if you've been there regularly, you've met these two. They're managers in the place. I want to say Marshall started behind the bar as like a, a dishwasher when he first got here, right? He did, yeah. yeah. And I heard that you had a big party for the whole staff, and you did something I'd never heard an owner of a business ever do before. They have some sort of ownership now in open outcry? Are you telling me I should have not done a podcast and I should have come working for you?
3: I didn't, I didn't know we were going to talk about this. I, I think that w- what should be mentioned is that we talked about the quality of our staff here in previous shows. We have a great group of people here. Um,
0: I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm telling you, it's the coolest thing, John. It Really, people go to work all the time and they... They they love their jobs, they hate their jobs, whatever it is, but they never feel like they have a chance to become a part of the company. Well, a, and you didn't need to do that. Well what what I guess what
3: I'll say is Marshall and Lindsay in particular have been here since day one. They treat this place as if they own it themselves. They they stuck with this place throughout the pandemic and um I mean it was just it was a no-brainer. So we did do we did start a employee equity type program here and Marshall and Lindsay who have blood, who have bled and sweated and cried for this place, like I have, not only everything that they've done and contributed to this place since we've opened, but you know we have a lot of, a lot of plans for growth, and we want to expand this business and grow this business and grow the brand, and I'm hopeful that they stick around for that as well, and for everything they've done for this place, they need, you know, it's important for me that they experience any sort of, economic rewards to that as well. So yeah, we. Um, uh, we did it, and uh, I'm I'm very happy for them, and I'm very happy for 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 our company.
0: Listen, I know Octoberfest is coming up. I also know uh, that you may be making an appearance at the Evergreen Park food truck event on the uh, on the 11th. I, I saw you exchanging messages while we were sitting here having curds with with the mayor. So that's a, that's a possibility. We're going to see you out there as well. So after that event is over. You have Oktoberfest coming up. I, I would think that I would see you in Evergreen Park, but you're going to have your own thing here at Open Outcry, right? So
3: we are planning, uh, we had a meeting about it yesterday. We are, we are looking to hold a, our, our first ever Oktoberfest here at Open Outcry, which will be held outside and in the rooftop beer garden. You're going to have traditional Oktoberfest beers, beer steins, appropriate glassware and beer steins that attendees will get to go home with. And our kitchen is putting together a menu of a traditional German beer fest. Do they make lederhosen in your size? That ain't a lederhosen. <laughs> um, but they do. They do make lederhosen in my size. Uh, but I
0: might. Have, Will you be wearing them? I hope so. You better be for crying out loud! If you're gonna have a, if you're gonna have an October you gotta have lederhosen.
3: I, I've lost a little weight in the last six to nine months, so I'm I'm excited to show my legs off. So yeah. Will you wear lederhosen? If you wear them, I'll
0: wear them. Okay, I'm in. I'll do it. I'll do it. (laughs) Oh, what have I got myself into? It is now time for your EP podcast bulletin board brought to you proudly by Cool Clouds Vapor Shop. Quitting smoking is hard and Cool Clouds wants to offer you an alternative. Full taster bar and some great CBD products as well check it all out at 3837 West 95th Street here in Evergreen Park or visit them online at coolcloudsvapor.com I just mentioned it when I was talking to John Brand, the food truck event that I'm talking about on August 11th is officially titled Picnic in the Park at Klein Park or Circle Park whatever you call it, 97th and Homan but there's going to be a good amount of food trucks, and in fact, it sounds like John's going to be out there with some open outcry brews. Music, food, beverages, Thursday the 11th, it's coming up. This Friday at 50 Acre Park, 91st and Rockwell, a free concert in the park starting at 6 p.m. with the Smiley Tillman Band. Grab your lawn chairs, grab your blankets, and go see a good show. If you or a loved one are recovering at home from an illness or hospitalization, suffering from dementia, living with a chronic health condition, terminally ill, or just a fall risk, Hibernian Home Care Service wants to help. Mary Murphy, registered nurse, 25 years, heads up this highly trained staff to help you stay in the home. Go local and get home care with heart. Contact Mary. Either go to the website, hibernianhomecareservice.com or call her at 708-634-2450. Registration for 2022-23 preschool classes ongoing now. Openings still available for three-year-olds. Give a call to 708-229-3373 or stop into the community center. The 2nd Annual Car Cruise, the Show Me Your Ride celebration is coming back to the American Legion on the 13th of August, it's coming up quick. Fun begins at 2pm, 9701 South Kedzie Avenue here in Evergreen Park. Food, drink, music, family fun, the beer garden, the grill's going, the live music, the bounce house for the kids, split the pot and raffle baskets and the EP podcast will be out there for that event. Free admission, it is open to everyone. If you like your food locally sourced, and if you like hot sauce, our good friends at Sid Sauce have a website available to you now, and they deliver right to your door in Evergreen Park or a five-mile radius around it. Go to sidsauce.net, see all of the flavors they have. It's the only place I get my hot sauce Everything is grown right here in the EP, and I like supporting them because it's good. Once again, check them out at sid.sauce.net. This Friday, the Evergreen Park Chamber of Commerce has their big golf outing they have every year. I'll be out there trying not to make a fool of myself. I have to warm up over at 50 Acre Park at the driving range. I bumped into a good friend of mine over there while I was practicing. I'll end the show with him because Evergreen Park really has an awesome driving range it might be the best one on the south side take a listen steve lascola good friend of mine i've I've known steve for years and i bump into him constantly all over evergreen park one of the places i run across you is over here at the driving range tell me a little bit about this place man
2: well it's the 50 acre park it's probably the best driving range on the south side if maybe not all in chicago we keep it well trimmed We're open every day till ten in the evening. We light it up at about eight o'clock, seven thirty, so you don't have to. You don't have to be afraid to come out here. We got a golf pro by the name of Bob Kelly. Uh, Gino keeps everyone under line, and it's 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 a lot of fun. You have a golf pro that hangs out here regularly. Well, don't tell him I call him a pro, but. He thinks he thinks he's a pro.
0: That's awesome. I love it. You know, and what I love about it is that, like, you'll you'll go to driving ranges and you get the cool ones where like you're hitting into the water, but then you also get these other ones and you know it's not it's not you're just hitting. There's no there's nothing that even makes you feel like you're on a course. This one's set up where you feel like you're on a fairway when you're hitting because of the way that they have it set up here in Fifty Acre Park. I think that kind of adds to the experience.
2: Oh, that's a great point because it is. It's all tree lined and you actually think you're out on a fairway somewhere. Yeah, until the train comes by. <laughs> you got to put a damper on everything. How much? How much is it for a bucket of balls up here? Well, for a small bucket, it's six dollars. For a large bucket, it's ten.
0: All right, and and you got drinks
2: up here too. We do. We have uh, soda, water, and more important, we got some beer and wine. We have hot dogs, chips. It's a full-service place.
0: It's a solid night. That's a solid night right there. That's good for date night. That's good for getting the kids out. That's good for just coming out and working on your game. Uh, Steve Lascola, thanks so much, my friend.
2: Oh, no problem. I miss you out on the ball field because nobody can hit the ball sweeter.
0: <laughs> now who's coming up with stories? Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is basement. And the nude is basement.
2: Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up. And by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nude is basement. Broadcast
0: basement. The nudist basement. The broad basement. Slantcha. The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at the eppodcast.com.